welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Patrick, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Blake, it's great to meet you. So we are talking about your book, which by the time this comes out, your book is out, but we're really going beyond just your book. We want to talk about this movement of grace bomb, what that looks like, and then the impact that you've gotten to see that have. So to start us out, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then I want to hear about what, like, what is a grace bomb? Okay. So a little bit about me. Uh, I am a father of four. So we have two boys and two girls. My oldest is 13 uh, and she's awesome, leader, hardcore, strong, and then a couple kids in the middle there. And then my youngest is a first grader, Max. He's, he's seven. So we kind of, you know, are living that multi-kid, multi-sport life when it kind of gets <laughs> yeah. crazy. And I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, we're coming up on 18 years of this November, I think. Wow. I think that's where we're at. So yeah, uh, that's a little bit about the fam life. I, uh, I've worked at a church for a really long time um, up until about two years ago when I started working for Grace, Grace Bomb full time. So I kind of grew up inside the church. I, was, I, I started really taking Jesus seriously there. And then I did a pastoral internship and then I got hired on. I had different roles. But then the past maybe seven years, I was the teaching pastor. And that was kind of my last title there at the church. A uh, pretty fun church in the mid-Atlantic region, big global heart, multi-campus kind of deal. So it, I had a lot of fun teaching the Bible for a really long time. So, but the Lord has kind of set me out for a new mission right now. And, and that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you started this movement is what it, I guess what it started as. It started as a movement. Actually, it started as uh, a sermon series. Okay. So, when I preach and teach, I'm kind of visual. I'm always bringing visual aids, live animals, chainsaws, anything that's going to help somebody remember, like a biblical. <laughs> you principle. went from live animals to chainsaws, like that's not in the dumb. same day, but <laughs> I have had those on different days. You know, because most people, you want them to retain some of the Bible, and I just feel like, man, if you can, if you can give them a visual, they're going to hang on to it a little longer. Absolutely. So it's hard to preach through the Bible without constantly running into this disruptive, awesome, life-changing grace of God that just kind of breaks into people's lives and mm -hmm. dispels their fears and, you know, turns their heart from stone to flesh and all of that. Mm -hmm. So in the course of preaching and teaching, this little slogan, Grace Bomb, just kind of became part of my vocabulary. But then I started to illustrate it of these little falling, unexploded ordinances, you know, uh, with hearts in them. So the congregation was kind of warming up to this weird little concept of grace and bomb together. You know, mm -hmm. bombs mess things up, but they're also disruptive and they change your life and God's grace is like that. So it was about 2017 and I'm doing this sermon series called Grace Bomb and, and explaining it and getting into it. But then I was really trying to think, 
how can we get our people to grace bomb people? Mm. You know, and not just do what's expected or culturally, you know, uh, the norm, but how do we go above and beyond outside of the birthday, holiday, you know, the, the typical kindness? How do we really have fun breaking the ice with a neighbor, surprising them in love, you know, stopping them in their tracks, but not just doing it for the sake of random acts of kindness, but then point them back to the source of kindness, mm. Jesus, which I really feel like is needed side note today. Cause there's a lot of kindness movements today. Like my Doritos bag tells me be kind. <laughs> like literally the packet of sauce from Taco Bell. It really does. It's like right. eat this be kind, come back later. Uh, right. And you know, we get that we're as human beings created in the image of God, we want to be kind. Um, but where those generic kindness movements fall short is they, they end up or they terminate on kindness itself. And so mm -hmm. grace bomb was a way to do something awesome for a neighbor, but then to point them specifically to Jesus. And so in the course of this sermon series, we developed these simple little grace bomb cards, these waterproof, actually nice quality, like, oh, I could use this again, kind of card that has grace bomb on the front with this little logo there and you've been grace bombed on the back and we paired that up with a really simple website we just wanted to be able for people to know that this thing was motivated by jesus it wasn't mm -hmm. a random act of kindness that some neighbor you know had had them on their mind and heart and that was coming from the lord and so anybody getting grace bombed interested or intrigued they could go see that on the website but what was awesome was we were hearing all these stories from the community of what the believers were doing and people's minds were like being blown because they weren't expecting necessarily a Christian person to do something so awesome for them or so unexpected for them. So now we're hearing from the community, we're hearing from the grace bombers sharing their story. And it was like, wow, we're really figuring out a new way how to spur one another on to love and good works. Because being in the church game for, you know, over a decade, what I'm used to is kind of creating and fostering an environment for people to serve and volunteer and, you know, hashtag for our county, serve the city, stuff a backpack, all of that, which is great. Don't get me wrong. We need that. Right. But that was sort of creating a dependency on the congregation for the leadership to be like, okay, what am I, where do I go? What do I do? Right. But with Grace Bomb was like, whoa, this was like, we just decentralized and empowered the people yeah. and told them to be spirit led and to be creative. And they were. Yeah. And that's really where this movement started. We took it to another church a year later and it went better at that church than it went for mine. And it was like, okay, cool. And then it was very clear that we had a very fun resource that we wanted to give away to churches. And after that second church, we started just sharing the simple stories verbatim from what people were writing in. And we saw the movement in, in one way, the movement spread very fast across the country. We had people in all 50 states ordering cards to get their grace bomb on like in a few months time, Dang. which was cool. Um, but we really wanted to take this thing and go deeper in the churches. So anyway, that gives you a little bit yeah. of a backdrop of, of the origin story of how this what we really consider a discipleship tool, um, where it came from. Okay. Well now I want to hear some stories. Can you <laughs> tell me some grace bound stories? Oh, totally. Yeah. We have, 
You know, we have stories uh, that we have archived for the past couple of years because we haven't had time to tell them yet. But I can tell you one very personal story to me. And uh, it's a story that kind of shows you some different examples of grace bombs too. Mm -hmm. So a little while back, my daughter, my second daughter, not Ava, who I mentioned, but Scarlett, she was seven at the time. I'm beat after a long day and just wanting to come home and put my feet up like on that couch right there. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, dad, can we go on a daddy daughter date? Like she, she ran up to my car. Can we go on a daddy daughter date? Like, okay, we can, let's do it. Cause we had a little bit of time to kill. Cause that particular night, Kristen and I were going to take all of our kids to um, Awana, which is like this midweek Bible camp, uh -huh. school, uh -huh. which is also a great way for parents to go get a date night. Like 100%. I didn't. So that's what we did. So we had a couple hours to kill. So I took Scarlett to McDonald's and Scarlett on her own accord, as we were leaving the car, she's like, dad, we should grace bomb somebody. Cause we had been for a yeah. year, we've been like talking about grace bomb and breaking the ice with our neighbors. I was like, Scarlett, you know, it was a little proud dad moment. I want to fan that flame for her. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely Scarlett. So I had three, I happened to have three grace bomb cards in my backpack and we went in and I kind of got the highs and lows of her first grade life and her dreams of being an Olympic gymnast, uh, good memories there yeah. but on, the way, on the way out. We did kind of a basic starter, if you will, grace bomb where we paid for somebody's meal and then we booked, then we left. Yeah. So you'll hear that like on Christian radio stations and stuff like drive through difference and paying for uh -huh. things. That's, that's one kind of a grace bomb. That's an anonymous grace bomb. And really, um, because this is sort of scary for a lot of people getting out of their comfort zone, that's a great way to start actually. Yeah. So we grace bomb these two elderly ladies and Scarlett was just kind of imagining how that must've felt for them. Then Scarlett's like, dad, I want to grace bomb my Awana teacher. And so before oh. Awana, we go to Starbucks and get a gift card and a cake pop. And I said, Scarlett, you're going to have to deliver this on your own in person. You're going to have to tell your teacher why you're doing it. And so that was all her just kind of set That's her awesome. in. And so she had to make that grace bomb a little bit more relational. So that was mm -hmm. a little bit different flavor, same night, different flavor, second grace bomb. But then finally, Kristen and I get to our destination. We are just going to a wings place down the street. So we're outside on the back patio and the server comes up to us and the server was like, man, the last people, the last couple that just sat out here just skipped out on the check. And we're like, oh, dang, man. Because Chris and I both waited tables uh, in college. That's the up. worst. It's the worst because you have to pay for that as a server. It's like the restaurant doesn't pick that up. Like no. when I worked, it was like, that was on me. Yeah. So it was like a bummer, like a double bummer. You're actually losing money when it happens. Um, so I kind of looked at Kristen, Kristen looked at me and we both knew we had that we had that subtle nudge from the Lord, like, absolutely, we should grace bomb the server. It was a perfect opportunity. and had that one final card left still in my pocket. So we basically, what that grace bomb was, we got our check, we paid for ours, and we left a tip that would have covered the other walked out check amount and the tip. And we just wrote a little note of encouragement and gave her the grace bomb card. And I rolled out because I was trying to be like all undercover and not trying to talk about Jesus or anything. I leave yeah. the card. I was going to let the website do the talking there. Kristen wanted to stay behind and like hide behind a tree and like, see, you know, see oh. her face and <laughs> yeah. Kristen's always like wanting to like see the reaction. I'm like, no, let's get out of here fast. Get yeah. away. Uh, 
and so we felt great. And as far as we knew, that was the end of the story. But I would say about a month and a half later, I go back into that same wings place and I'm in the to-go line waiting to pick up my governor's wings. Uh, <laughs> and which, are, which anyway, it's a Maryland thing. They're based on governor Hogan. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's my favorite little jam and these wings are the best. But anyway, I'm in line and out of the blue, Chad of the Chad's barbecue, the owner, he signaled me and he like pointed me as I pointed to me as I was in line. He's like, Hey, I know you. He's like, thanks. I never met Chad before in my life. He's like, thanks. I heard about that thing you did for my server. We were all talking about it. And then his wife, Christy happened to be there and she comes up to me. She's like, Hey, thanks. You know, this is such a cool thing. We all were really appreciated you looking out for the server. Um, would you mind if I take this idea and share it with my business network? So she's in real estate and she was like, I'm always looking for ways to, you know, love the neighborhood. I didn't know if she's following Jesus. I have no clue, but I was like, Hey, if you want to take cards and use the website and perpetuate the conversation of grace, like go for it. Mm -hmm. And as far as I knew, that was the end of the story. I felt good, you know, leaving the place, got my wings. So then another month goes by and from a friend who happened to be in her business network, he texts me a picture of a letter that she sent out to like 200 people. And so in the letter, she said, hey, everybody got this great idea. Uh, and I wanna tell you what I did with it. She gave her staff team $100 bills and charged them to go grace bomb people in their everyday walk of life and to come back and share their favorite story. So they did that. She puts all that cool stuff in the letter, sends the letter out to her broader network and basically says, hey, you should try grace bombing and get a card. They're free and everything like that. I was like, whoa, this was sweet. And I'm thinking, you know, yay, go team Jesus, because now we're perpetuating this concept of grace that has a source in Christ in a channel that I could have never have seen coming. And as far as I knew, like that was the end of the story. But few months after that, I'm preaching on a Palm Sunday in the front of a little chapel that we have at our church. And in the very back for the first time ever, I see Christy. Christy comes up to me after the service and she's like, hey, I just want you to know that I found a new church home. Uh, it had a lot to do with the grace bomb thing and that I've ended a 20 year silence with God. I was like, whoa, Christy, that's awesome. Like, it sounds like you have a story. And we weren't able to get into it that day. But when I was able to catch up with her over coffee, she, she let me in on her story, which was she was starting to walk towards Jesus in college with a group of kids. And the life of the party, a kid named Charlie, tragically was killed in a Dunkin' Donuts um, shooting like in Maryland in the middle of the night. And she really wrestled with how could a good God allow that to happen? Like he was, mm -hmm. he was sort of the life of, the, of their crew. And so that crew started to disband and she started to walk away from church. And then, you know, a couple of years after that, she sort of had this new fresh wind in her sails because she, she just got married and her parents had this long lasting and joyous marriage. And then another like devastating blow to her soul was, in an unforeseen divorce just a couple mm. years into it. So she's, she's devastated again. And that was like the final straw. She was like, Oh God, if you're there, you obviously don't care. 
Mm-hmm. And so she walks away and she told me she didn't bring up church or Jesus or God with anyone for 20 years. Wow. Until about the time that a little girl had run up to her dad's car for a date night and then, you know, asking dad, we should grace bump somebody. And like my heart was melting. But what really hit me was Christy became a member of the church and then she wanted to get baptized. It was not lost on her that Scarlett was very involved with the grace bombing event that night. And at the baptismal pool in the front of the church, I'm not like, it's no joke. Like I'm just visualizing the whole thing in my mind. It's like, I'm right there. She wanted Kristen and Scarlett to be up front when she got baptized. And she waves over to Scarlett, the music starting to play. She's kind of like softly speaking to Scarlett and says, or actually she hands Scarlett a present first. Scarlett takes out this present and it was a framed picture of the starfish story which is the, it's a poem about a kid throwing the starfish back and everything and that it was making a difference to that particular starfish, you know? And Christy said, Scarlett, I was like the starfish in that story and you were like that little girl. And it was at that moment that it solidified for me that while awesome evangelistic things are going to happen when we step out in faith and listen to Jesus when he says we should love our neighbor, like Christy, like you're going to see people come to faith or come to church or talk about Jesus. But then I realized this thing of listening to Jesus and taking him seriously is first and foremost for us. Mm-hmm. Like the, the lessons and the impact on Scarlett's little soul about seeing a woman's life change radically. And she got to be a part of that because she wanted to take Jesus seriously. I was like, whoa, um, that meant so much to me. And, and interestingly, like the story kind of continues to ripple out even today because Christy and her husband, Chad, have become somewhat of like serial grace bombers in our community. And so that's really fun to see. Um, but it's awesome because when we take these steps of faith, whatever they might be, when Jesus calls us to something, um, there is a joy that follows that obedience. And like, I'm all, that's what I want. I want that for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want that for the church because then awesome things happen in the world. I think we're all about wanting to change the world and the world's so jacked up and, you know, where is the church? And I think it starts with us taking Jesus seriously one neighbor at a time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to like, you're not taking it to the house. You don't have to like, it's not always a slam dunk and, and you don't always know like what happens after you graced bomb somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that you stepped out and did it, like you're going to grow because. Right. So it's really no secret that I struggle with mental health. I've talked really openly about being on and off antidepressants and my battle with anxiety and PTSD. But one of the most important moves I have made in my mental health journey has been getting into counseling. This is why I partner with Faithful Counseling. I know that getting into therapy can be overwhelming and intimidating, but Faithful Counseling offers online Christian counseling where you can get the help and guidance you need to walk through your struggles with 
Christ at the forefront. In a matter of minutes, you can get matched with a counselor and begin connecting with them via text, video, or phone calls. Faithful Counseling is drastically more affordable than traditional face-to-face therapy, and they price on a sliding scale. I've also partnered with them to offer you 10% off of your first month when you sign up by visiting getfaithful.com slash crappychristian. You can get the help you need today with Faithful Counseling and do it all from the comfort of your couch. Okay, if you love this podcast, if you love Confessions of a Crappy Christian, did you know that there's a whole crappy Christian community that exists outside of this podcast? Yep, and it's awesome. The Collective is a private membership group for people who want to grow in their understanding of scripture and want to have real-life conversations about the stuff that is happening in our day-to-day. Every month in The Collective, we cover a different topic that impacts all of us through a biblical lens. So for example, right now we are covering biblical sexuality and it's not too late to join us and you can also get access to next month's conversation about grace versus law and the freedom christ died to grant us so for 27 dollars a month you get four additional podcast episodes along with access to the freaking incredible facebook community where people are doing life together learning together praying for one another and cheering one another on the collective is honestly my favorite part of my job no offense to the million other parts and we would love to have you join us sign up is super easy. You just need to visit crappychristianco.com slash community for more information and to join us today. We'd love to have you. Okay, let's get back to the show. I was getting incredibly emotional when you were telling the story. <laughs> I was, I was like, too, man. I was like back at that baptismal pool. I was going to start no, to cry I was like, again. please keep talking. Please keep talking. I don't <laughs> want to cry on the air. Please keep talking. But I mean, because the impact for both of those people or for all of you, for Christy and for your daughter mm-hmm. and for you. And that's, and I like that you said that you don't always get to know what comes out of, of, cause I, I would, I would think that there are people, a lot of people who are doing things like this, but it's probably more acts of kindness mm-hmm. than a grace bomb. Because like you've said, those acts of kindness kind of end there and don't mm-hmm. always bring people all the way to, you know, to the feet of Jesus. But that y'all got to see this, like it, it was what's bigger than a ripple. Like it was just ripple after ripple after <laughs> ripple right. that, yeah. that, but that all pulled back in. Right. So it started at church, yeah. it rippled out and then it ended, not ended, but came back to yeah. you baptizing this woman in your church. Yeah. You know, and that, that it really, it's just all about Jesus. Like in the end, yeah, it's all, it, I would hope that we're all doing these things to try to pull people to Jesus. But I love that you're giving people this really like tangible actual thing to do, you know? Yeah. It's very analog. The cards, you know, they're physical, they're tangible. You have to be in proximity of a neighbor. And, you know, for me, the, one of the ways I think about a grace bomb card, like you don't always need a grace bomb card. It's not like this is the gospel or anything, but they're like training wheels. And exactly. There's a lot of people in the church who maybe need to start flexing some muscles they've never flexed before. Um, yes, I serve. Yes, I volunteer. Or I just write a check when there's a need. But how do I bring up with my next door neighbor, Peter, who we're, you know, I don't know if we're, maybe we're cool. We don't talk all the time. We were friendly. Yeah. Enough. Like, how am I supposed to break the ice with him? in a real tangible way. Yeah. Uh, and there's, you know, there's Peter's and Christie's. Ev- we're, 
you know, one of the verses that's kind of uh, foundational for Grace Bomb is Ephesians 2.10, which I kind of summarize as grace built people, grace built people, grace bomb people. Mm-hmm. And that we have these good works prepared in advance for us to walk in. So it's like, if we're mindful to pay attention, the, the random background, you know, day players of your life might be actually divine appointments. If we're attuned enough and listening to the prompting of the spirit enough to, you know, to maybe engage. Yeah. And the thing is like, I like public speaking. I love to preach and all of that, yada, yada. But in real life, I'm so scared of people and extrovert, <laughs> and introverted. Like yeah. I am all about, you know, people are suspect. Like I, in the neighborhood <laughs> I grew up in, strangers meant danger. And yeah. so I've kind of retained that in my, in my mind. And so I need a way to break the ice and to gently start pointing people to Jesus. And yeah. And I, I think we're, we're trying to get that resource into the hands of people who need that as well. That's amazing. So I'm just mind blown by like the depths that, that what, like your little girl running up to your car, like mm. how far that went. Mm. And I'm just like, this is why Jesus was like, no, like, let the kids come to me because they are the best of us. Yeah. So innocent um, and honest and just putting it right out there. So there's two sides, right, to a grace bomb. It's going to impact the person that you're bombing and it's going to impact you as well. How have you seen it impact the people who are doing it? Okay. So, well, when you start with the training wheels and you kind of start anonymously and we want, we desire to launch this in churches. And so we, there's a book and it's coming out and it'll be at, you know, where books are, but we're really we're in existence to get this tool to, into churches in those mm-hmm. local communities to impact their local, local communities. Um, but so the way it impacts you is at first, you're just like putting on the training wheels and you're doing some anonymous grace bombing and you realize, oh, this crap is fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that person was so surprised and I'm not even going to tell them it was me or anything, but it was like, wow, that was fun. It was like, kind of like I'm made to do this. But what I've learned and what I've seen is if you do some anonymous grace bombing for a season in your life, you're kind of like, I'm getting more comfortable. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be as anonymous. And so we actually see grace bombers go from more random to more routine and then more relational. Mm. And so it's in that process. And the way we sort of resource churches to bring this up is like, Hey, after you launch grace bomb and you share stories and get creative and, and start getting outside of the box and empowering and decentralizing, you know, what people are doing, then you can talk about the impact it's making because when your grace bombing becomes more relational, you are going to become more aware of these opportunities among Mm -hmm. your neighbors. You're going to be discerning the prompting of the Holy spirit a little bit more clearly. Like, is the Lord nudging me to do something awesome? Or was that the pizza I ate last night? How can I tell (laughs) the difference? You know? Yeah. And so we talk about that your prayer life has to be upped because if you keep doing awesome things in the name of Jesus, it's only a matter of time before you're falling into a conversation about Mm -hmm. what is grace? Why did you do this? And where does it come from? And it's like, man, I better be prayed up now, but it's also, it's also great to incorporate prayer into your grace bombing. So like a couple of years ago, if, if my son wanted to grace bomb a seven 11 worker, we just would have done it. But now if he has that prompting and I'll say, Jackson, let's take a week and pray for this guy first. And then let's come back in a week and then let's 
figure out how to grace bomb them. And we've seen really cool things develop just because of that being more intentional about prayer, prayer for the curiosity from the people or prayer to have a conversation. And then in the midst of fun, you're like, okay, Jesus doesn't want me to go broke, but this is cool. <laughs> and, yeah. and also let me say this, not every grace bomb is financial. Right. So, I mean, if you have an awesome talent or expertise, or you have time on your hands, you can absolutely grace bomb someone by means of how you're wired that way. Amen. Um, but money is an idol in the U United States. And so mm -hmm. gr a, a financial grace bomb really is kind of surprising. Like, why would you do that for me? Right. Cause Dude. it's so <laughs> sacrificial and we're, we we yeah. do not see that. Exactly. And so at some point you have to like, take a look at your, your look at your budget and your stewardship and your generosity. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's area to dig into that. And then finally, it's like last but not least for sure, man, you grace bump somebody in your everyday walk of life, like where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. You kind of put yourself out there for Jesus. I don't know if anybody's going to get that old school cheers. Record, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, when that happens, you're more likely to also just be able to have a conversation about your faith. And so yeah. what we talk about with churches is, hey, um, can you guys articulate the gospel? Like it's not yeah. rocket science, but can you share your story? And if, if you need to, can you share the main points of the gospel? And if churches sort of already have a way that they do that and they train their people to do that, great. If not, we provide that. And then for me, where does this end up? Like, where's all this going, right? There's growth right. and spiritual growth. I'm getting closer to Jesus. But ultimately this thing is about the great commission. And so, and I saw an interesting stat not too long ago that a lot of church folks hear this term great commission. And they're like, what is that? Yeah. So, so Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus says, go therefore make disciples of all the nations, you know, baptizing them. And then he says, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. And so where this grace bombing thing ends up, I would, I would say in like three years time for people who really give it a go and, and make it a habit and practice is to have the ability to disciple a few people hmm. in your life, like a few yeah. of your neighbors, like let's say the person you grace bomb actually had a conversation with you about where it came from. And let's say you were actually able to share your faith and they took a step of faith into the kingdom. Well, instead of just bringing them to church, instead of just like, Hey, well, you got to meet with this guy. Now we're like, Hey, um, maybe we can help you in your, in your everyday life, disciple a few of your neighbors. And so for us, that's the end game. It's the great commission, discipling a few folks that's and then amazing. just repeat the fun cycle. Yeah. Just keep <laughs> going. I had this other thought about like encouraging people into prayer is, and this is kind of like a negative spin, but that the enemy is going to hate this, mm. like hate yeah. it. Yeah. So like, you better be prayed up mm. so yeah. that you're ready to like take on the crap that's going to come your way when you're actually going out and making an impact in your community. Because I think that that is like the enemy's favorite thing about Christians is we tend to be a little stilted in our mm. ability to get outside of the church walls. Yeah. And so this is equipping people to like, like, I love you're using that analogy of training wheels. Like you're giving people the training wheels and the enemy's like, what the heck? Like I've kept these people quiet and inactive <laughs> for a really long time. You know, like I always say that if, um, if the enemy can't, if the enemy can't deceive you, he'll distract you. Mm. So like 
you know, if, if, if these people are already in church, he's lost the ability to deceive them. He's going to keep them distracted. Yeah. And this is, this is a great undistractor, which I don't know if that's a word, but I'm making it a word. I like it. You like trademark grace, undistract. Right. <laughs> like grace bombing, <laughs> like refuses you to, it, it refuses to let you keep your eyes on yourself. It makes you put your eyes on other people and then put that into action, which I think that the like capital C church, not calling any specific church out mm-hmm. has a tendency to like sometimes not be great at. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that was another, when you were talking about like being prayed up and, and being, because we do need to be equipped to have these conversations that you hope come out of grace bombing people. I think the other side of that is as well, like the enemy is going to be pissed. Yeah. That's such a good word. And yeah, when you step out in some ways, you kind of put a new target on your back Yeah. and to be prayed up. I mean, but the great promises are when we are prayed up that yeah. if we stand firm, he will flee. Yeah. He has and no power. He's got no power. And and I mean, it, it does, it's a real sucky season of life when you are sort of under attack and, and hopefully that won't endure too long, but standing firm, but like we have that awesome promise. So yeah, yeah, that's a great observation for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and it, we've talked about it. you have this, that your book is about this whole movement. Is yeah. it, tell me about the book. Okay. So the book kind of has three parts to it. It's a new tool and it explains what grace bombing is, how it's not random acts of kindness, the elements of surprise that really make it a grace bomb, but also the fact that you're, you're implicating Jesus in making a grace bomb. So it's got some of the origin story and and where it came from and how to do it and the difference it makes just by way of this new tool. But then the second part of the book addresses the barriers that frequently like stop us from dropping a grace bomb. Yeah. Because I can tell you some great success stories, but I can also tell you, I probably have more fails than, yeah. than being obedient to Jesus. And so things like just being too busy, being yeah. apathetic, um, hindering some sin in my own life, some unconfessed stuff. Like it's hard to listen to the prompting of the Holy spirit on, in one ear when I'm stuffing him in the other. Yeah. And so we, like we talk about having to, you know, basically get that out of there. And then even dealing with some of the biases and prejudice, prejudice that we may have against other people. And so we look to Jesus, the master bomber, and we talk about how we strip those barriers away so that we can be more free to walk in these faith adventures. And then the last um, part of the book is called Supernatural Fuel Supply, because it's all got to come back to Christ. It's all got to mm-hmm. come back to being in Christ of what it means to be a grace-built person. And so I kind of talk pretty personally about my, my walk with Jesus, my struggles with my identity, uh, how Kristen and I sort of came to faith and some of the things that we had to overcome because that ultimately forms the, the fuel to energize us and yeah. to fill us to then be sent out to love people. Cause I don't know about you, but it's hard to give something away that you don't have. And so yeah. to be filled uh, up in my identity in Christ with that fuel supply really does help me to start out on the adventure. So that kind of in a nutshell, you know, stories from the movement around the country, stories from my life and stories from the Bible all getting woven together to put this tool into the hands of people. And what was really cool that we actually were able to work out with David C. Cook was um, we're going to have four Grace Bomb starter cards in the back of the book. No way. So somebody can be like, oh, this is cool. Like, I wonder what it feels like. They can just get their grace bomb on right away. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I love cool. that. 
Yeah. So do you have, are there any like more resources or anything for churches? If somebody's listening to this and they want to take it to their church leadership, like what does that look like? Are there resources for kind of like getting started? How do people get involved? Great question. The, the, so the book is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to our resources. We provide churches with uh, sermon series for every season of Grace Bomb. And so I have outlines and scriptures and media and graphics. We do partner with some bigger churches, but we also realize that most churches in the U.S. are like 100 people or less. Yeah. And they don't have these massive budgets for all this stuff. So we actually provide four churches for free sermon series, study guides, media graphics, uh, the actual cards themselves. We have a mobile app that you can download from the app store that's built for churches with sermon notes and um, other devotional resources, a way to share the gospel. We just wanted to package this thing and instead of be like, hey, for the small price of $4.99, you can have Grace Bomb at your church. We're like, no, this is awesome. Let's just give it away. And so we have a nonprofit that exists to basically resource all of these things for churches for free. Yeah. So that's, that's really the, the movement arm of what we do. Yeah. The book is going to be like a handshake, like, Hey world, how are you? We're great. Yeah, um, exactly. But we're, we're built and equipped to resource local congregations with grace bomb. That is Throughout, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. We're Where that. do people go to find that online? gracebomb.org. Okay. It's all there. And we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll link that in your, awesome. in the show description. So people can go cool. find that super quickly. When this comes out, your book is out. Awesome. So your book is everywhere. I'm sure you Woo. can get books. Right? Yeah. Everywhere like, you get books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then where do we find you online and like keep up with you? Yeah. So, you know, historically I have had a very small, me- small social media footprint. That's just kind yeah. of been my personality. I was, I was always of the mindset. I told you that strangers are danger, right? But um, <laughs> I've always had the mindset of like, okay, if y'all want to hear what I have to say, you probably just need to come to church because I'm going to talk <laughs> for 45 minutes there. Anyway, that's not really nice. But um, I've really gotten behind the Grace Bomb social media and the stories that okay. we have. So, so on Instagram and our website, you'll find us. Um, but my, I, I don't even know my personal Instagram. It's no, like at Pat, Patrick Linnell. So, but just check out the Grace Bomb um, Instagram. That's really where my heart and soul is being poured out. And so that's where you can find me. Is it just at Grace Bomb? It's at grace.bomb. Okay. Grace.bomb. Perfect. Well, I have to tell you that I feel like I need to create some kind of award for guests that make me cry because it's not, it's really quite (laughs) difficult. Uh, I'm not like a huge crier, but that is, I'm just really... I'm just really blown away. And, you know, I think because I have kids of my own and the idea mm. of doing this with them uh, is really sweet. And so I'm really thankful that you're doing what you're doing and and sharing it and giving us the training wheels to just look like Jesus. Because ultimately that's what grace bonding is, is it's looking like Jesus. And mm. unfortunately, a lot of us do need those wheels to, to walk that out. So thank you for taking the time to kind of share your heart and share your stories. And, uh, I'm really excited for people to get their hands on the resources in the book and and kind of, hopefully this will be a little bit of a catalyst for getting it out into the world a little bit more. Yeah. 
Thanks, Blake. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time with me today. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.